0: Father, I want to thank you that you are a good God and you're a good master and we have seen your goodness and all creation and this whole world tastes of your goodness. And I pray that as we kick off this series, as we go into this series, that your Holy Spirit would move in our lives. Help us to see where we're not looking and um, help us, look on um, as we even deal with this topic, not to be just defensive or to, um, to point the finger at others. But instead, Lord, move us towards freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, have you ever worked for a bad boss? Yeah, all the, all the pastoral staff team are just like, Yes! Oh! Have you ever helped, helped someone, you know, you've served them, you're giving them your time, your money, your energy, your talent, only to have them asking you for more. And then ultimately destroying you in the end. Uh, You know, um, Jordan's done such a great job with this. Oh my goodness, it's so cool, man. (laughs) I will not tell you what inspired this. But the idea behind this series is that we try to make it look really glitzy, fancy, uh, because it kind of highlights the, the promise and the allure that so often accompanies the things that entice us. Um, so, we're going to read straight from scripture. I'm going to go right into it. We've got four weeks in this series, but a lot to cover. And we're going to anchor it on the Word of God because you would not believe it, but the Bible has so much to say about addiction and about being a slave to things. All right, Romans chapter 6, verse 16. And it goes like this. So if you have your Bible, turn to it, but we've got it up on the screen. Uh, slides are also available on our app and on um, our website. So I've got a lot of content to go through. So you may want to get slides um, on your phone. All right. Romans 6 verse 16 says this. Do you not know? So he begins with, do you not know? Because here is something you may not realize. And, he, and Paul right now, he's talking in Romans to a group of Christians who think they're saved. All right? So why is he addressing Christians or people and I'm sure there's non-Christians there. There's people who are just, right? But he's trying to highlight something that you may not be aware of. Maybe um, you've been coming to church for ages, but do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone, anyone, whatever, anyone, As obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. It's either of sin, which could be like missing the mark of God, right? Um, Either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Uh, Here's one idea I want you to get into your head. That different masters produce different results we know this inherently right that if you serve you we we can think of bad bosses we can think of bad investments we can think of bad ways to spend our time and we go oh yeah that 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 the net result of that didn't produce what i had hoped you know um Addiction. We're going to look at modern day addiction, this series. You know, when I say the word addiction, maybe you immediately know what I'm talking about. Because you, or someone very close to you, has suffered its effects. So, for some of you, as soon as I say addiction, you're thinking. And you've got deep memories, or scars, from the effects of maybe alcohol, gambling, some of these big drugs, some of these big items. Or perhaps you're sitting here and the word addiction is such a distant concept from you. Something that you think, oh, you know what? Addiction. I think I can just play on my candy crush or whatever it is today because, you know, I'm not addicted to anything. Um, It's a distant concept. It's only something for the weak and the ignorant people, you know, go through addiction and I'm smarter and I'm better than that. Um, Well, I want to first say, so we got three points today if you're writing notes. That addiction is changing and it is on the rise. In fact, I met up with a group of pastors and we were all convinced that today's modern church cannot pastor a congregation without now having some kind of conversation about addiction. Things that then grab hold of you so that your mouth says Jesus Christ is Lord, but functionally something else, someone else is your Lord. So let's look at how addiction is changing and is on the rise. Um, One, addiction is moving, it's still including substance addiction, but it's moving into the behavioral. Now, when I say substance addiction, those are the things that you think of when we, when we talk about addiction, right? They have consumed the world that we have lived in in, the, in, in history. So you're looking at uh, tobacco, uh, nicotine being one of the largest drugs uh, around, but you've got, you know, you're thinking of chemicals that, that, that affect your body, so there's a physical withdrawal when you try to get out of your addiction. Well, now uh, we're we're finding that uh, chemicals can be produced in the brain, right? So dopamine and these kinds of things. And so you're, you're seeing the rise of addictions, behavioral addictions that do not require substances, like gambling does not have a substance per se. Pornography on the rise, does not have a substance per se. But what happens is you can get addicted to the kinds of things that your own body, your own brain produces that you want to go again and again and again. Now, let's just do a quick history because we're not facing addiction as a humanity for the first time ever. Our world has seen widespread addiction before. It has happened before. In fact, uh, I was going back in my research and there's this really old record, like so ancient, uh, where an emperor of China, and I can't pronounce his name, so I will not even try, you know, goes to Vietnam, right? goes to Vietnam, encounters the people of Vietnam there and discovers all their teeth are black and rotting, right? And so, um, they apparently back then they were chewing the betel nut. They were chewing some kind of nut that had in it a chemical that was addictive. And this is what's written. So this is one of the oldest records. Um, But you can see it in many other civilizations from the ones that got addicted to coke through to uh, caffeine even and all these other things, right? But this is what he writes to the Chinese emperor. That's why we have the record of it. Beetle chewing is for keeping good sanitary conditions in the mouth therefore our teeth turn black <laughs> if ever you have seen a justification <laughs> for addiction that's that's the one but you know in our world history we've seen that with cocaine so sigmund freud himself writes and he, you know he writes about the effects of cocaine and he's studying cocaine and he says i get my best ideas When I'm on cocaine, and and he wrote extensively about the therapeutic effects of cocaine until 12 years later, after being addicted, having an infection in his nose and various other problems, um, he then concedes towards the end of his life that the harmful effects of cocaine far outweigh the benefits. Uh, Coca-Cola is a great example, I think, of widespread addiction. Coca-Cola, right? Two stories in Coca-Cola. There's the company Coca-Cola, and there's John Pemberton, the inventor of Coca-Cola, who put cocaine in Coca-Cola, which is why it's called Coke, right? Um, uh, You know, the kiddos, you may not know this. Okay, so two stories. One is Coca-Cola, the company, which quickly realizes that, oh my goodness, this is not good, and kicks out cocaine, off to make billions and billions and billions of dollars, right? Then there's John Pemberton, who gets, discovers Coca-Cola, right? Gets addicted, and his whole life addicted to cocaine, and dies penniless and sick. So you can see how our world has had... into. I'm not even talking about now nicotine, and how for generations... Our, across our globe, smoking had been broadly thought of as kind of okay. Um, and everybody just going... And now we have enslaved billions, I want to put it, billions of people in countries who maybe they don't know better. Maybe they grew up and they're just smoking. Maybe they're poor even. And they're buying cigarettes. And they're it's affecting... And so the world has been ignorant before right we as humanity have gone through and gone oh my goodness that's not so bad after all it's for the healthy effect of my teeth or whatever it is it's just that's why it's black right and 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 now we're seeing a, a huge prevalence of things like gaming facebook and the like that it's just sweeping through and people just saying it's not I know I'm on these devices and I'm on these things all the time and I can't, but do not worry. These baggy eyes and my multitask is making me a smarter person or whatever it is. Right? Because I gotta get all this news from, from WhatsApp or whatever. Right? Uh, you need to understand that um uh even even um uh medical the, the medical profession in 19 uh, sorry, in 2013 uh uh you know Redefined uh, addiction to include behavioral addiction now. All right, so this is quite this is quite a new um, thing. So the the addiction list is ever growing. It's got gambling through to internet, through to, to the watching of TVs, video, YouTube's, shopping, gaming, pornography, and then you've got even work can become an addiction. Relationships uh, and, and going from one relationship to another can be an addiction, and that's not even to include. It's not even to include the classics of drugs, hard drugs, uh, tobacco through to um, alcohol, which still remains really high on the addiction list. Now, why are we talking about it? Why has this come round? Behavioral science techniques have changed and improved, and I don't want to go into a range of um, technical st- stuff. Uh, I'm like, I did my master's in consumer behavior, all right? And so, oh my goodness, there's everything from the color, the smell, through the placement of objects, through the range of stuff. But let me give you one Example, one for me, defining example that highlights why you today sitting here at church, maybe you've been invited by a friend, need to pay attention to addiction. The example I'm going to use is Netflix. Now, I don't know how many people have heard of Netflix. All right? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking most, but you never know. All right? So Netflix... It's basically like a video streaming service, all right? You, you can watch TV. So back in the day, you would have to, you know, my favorite TV show, I don't know. Better Home, no, let's go further back. I don't know, like, uh, uh, like Happy Days. Happy Days is showing Right? Sunday, Monday, happy days. and Oh my goodness, it's Sunday, it's Monday. And then you're like, it's 7 p.m. And you've got to stop whatever you're doing because if you don't watch happy days at that time, there are no happy days right that's how it goes right but so netflix comes on it's a it, it first begins as a dvd service so you can uh in 1997 begins as a dvd service so you can order any dvd you want you get it you watch it after you're done you return it and they send you another one all right so it maybe there's like a week waiting right and you just pay a, a monthly subscription fee okay uh it's huge now so they're, in Australia alone, they're, they're pumping out maybe $8 billion worth of new content. It's um, very, very big. Last year, they launched globally over 100 over countries, right? Um, I read two Harvard studies on Netflix to, to, to look at the growth. And most, there's a range of factors, but most point to one tipping moment, One tipping decision that led Netflix from being just an ordinary video service to exponentially getting heaps of views. And this one technique has now been copied because people are learning behavioral techniques from other companies. We're learning. This one technique, like you're sitting down there, you've got popcorn, you've got feet up, You're watching Netflix, and this one decision, because they've been going for a while, was, I'm sure some of you know it, at the end of your video, at the end of the one episode you want to watch, it used to say, here are five other episodes that you could watch. Why don't you choose which one you want to watch and maybe watch another episode? But now, they just start the next one. That one decision, so it's flowed onto YouTube. So what ends up happening is just when you're really tired after work and you're, you know, you just want to relax a little bit, right? And then you switch on the Netflix and your defenses are actually pretty low because this is not pay attention time. This is like I'm relaxing time, okay? And so then you get to the end you're like, oh, yeah. Got to get up, get a remote control. It's so hard. You know, I talk to kids nowadays. So hard to reach the remote control, you know. It's so, okay, great. So as you're, you're using all your self-control to reach the, the remote control thing, right, it starts the next episode. Yeah, but the last one ended with a cliffhanger, right? What's going to happen to Supergirl or whatever? I don't know, whatever, right? And then you're, 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 you're reaching and then the next episode starts. Oh, I just watched five minutes. And so you come back down, and you're five minutes into the next episode. Come two a.m., you're five minutes into your tenth episode. Okay, and that for me is that for me is an illustrative example. Now, now YouTube has now followed that, and so it, it used to be that you'd have to click the next YouTube video. You, you did. Uh, some of us can remember the time in the ancient days where you had to click to go to the next YouTube video. But now, oh my goodness, your kids can watch 12 hours of YouTube in a row without touching a single button. 12. All right? So today, if you are going to stop addiction, you are going to have to get out of your comfort zone and do something. Because because choice architecture and decision and behavioral analysis have oh okay have figured out how to set things up so that if you do nothing you're hooked they're figuring this stuff out really easy that's why online gambling is rising heaps heaps and heaps and heaps okay two what is addiction and why is the church even talking about it? Why is it something that the church needs to talk about? Because um, Jesus, so many of us here, we say Jesus is our Lord. We want Jesus to be our master, right? We don't yet, yet widespread access to addictive things and, and, and the, the move towards global addiction, I think, is wrangling. To be a new master. To be this thing that we reach for instead of Jesus. For the thing that we go to for comfort instead of the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. These things are fighting for mastership of our lives. That's why we began today with Romans 6. Different masters are going to produce different results. And it doesn't really matter if only your words say Jesus is Lord all of your life, you have given yourself, as, as Romans says, you've given yourself to obey something else. Uh, okay, so, um, us, what you need to understand as well is us as humans, uh, we have always had widespread access to addictive things. So, addiction, actually next week, I'm going to read a passage that's maybe 3,000 years old That from the Bible that is an account of addiction. All right. So th- so it's ancient. Addiction is ancient. Uh, we've had all these let's read 1 Corinthians 6:12 because I want to open up the categories for addiction to a wide range of things. All things says Paul. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but so he repeats this thing twice. Right? Because we all know the first argument whenever you say to somebody or you say to yourself, hey, maybe you have an addiction issue. Their first answer is, where does it say in the Bible, I can't do this? This is not wrong, right? Like, there's no Facebook Bible verse or whatever it is. So, all things, so Paul begins, he begins like, yeah, 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 I get it. All things are lawful for me. But not all things are helpful. You've got to differentiate. Different masters have different results. All things are lawful for me. But, and here's the real clincher, I will not be dominated by anything. Or in in different translations, I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be controlled by anything. I will not be enslaved by anything. That is what Paul's getting to. And, and you would not believe his first topic that comes on. In uh, It's so embarrassing. I'm not even going to put it up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 6.13. Do you know what the first thing he hits is? Everyone's turning to it now. Great. Food. Food. I kid you not. Like, go and look at it. Food. It turns out, We can even be addicted to food. And and, and marriages and families and lives, whatever, can be just subservient to where are we going to eat, what are we eating, what are we eating? And then, or when you're struggling with stuff, it's food that is your comfort, right? But we're, we're not talking about new modern 2017 things, the propensity for us to substitute and to create like a golden calf, some kind of God, some kind of person that we're going to be enslave ourselves to has been right at the heart of humanity and sin since the beginning, unfortunately. Um, you know, the original meaning, uh, the etymology for uh, addiction means Um, sentenced to slavery. That's why we call this the Masters. To be addicted means you're sentenced to slavery. In those days in the Roman Empire, it meant slavery until you paid off your debt. Then you were addicted, right? Um, Here's a good working definition for addiction. Okay, so quite simply, um, I've taken this from a book called The Heart of Addiction, which is really good. But Quite simply, addiction occurs when you repeatedly satisfy a natural appetite and desire with a temporary pleasure until you become the servant of the temporary object of pleasure rather than its master. Okay? So, some, uh, now, there's some substances and some addictions that are completely illegal. But even then, those are designed to, at some level, satisfy some kind of desire or innate appetite that is in you. Okay, But when you use it so much until it becomes the master of you, that's when um, you are addicted. Now, I tested this with our home group leaders yesterday. Um, So it must be said at FGA, oh my goodness, because seriously, all Saturday was just addiction jokes everywhere. Especially when we are eating food. Okay, so... We must, I need to really clarify, not everything is addiction. Please, please, please do not go around to your grandkids, your children and whatever and forward them this message, you know, you are addicted too and then throw 50 things in there because addiction is a particular disorder. It means that the person can't, it's their master, they can't get out. Other people may be able to watch Lots and lots of Netflix one weekend and then come out. Other people may be able to drink one glass of wine, right? And then stop. But the addict, the addict is in a different category. The addict is slave to that as a master. All right? And so we see in even the clinical definitions around um, addiction, you're looking at the harm that it creates around that person. So if it's affecting your marriage, your family, we have, seen ma- I, we have seen marriages break up because of an addiction. And then when we confront people about the addiction, they go, I can give it up anytime. It's not a problem. Well, now would be a good time. Your marriage is dying or dead. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the real issue. It's something else. And now, we are around to see the whole marriage has already ended up in divorce. They are having different families. Everything's separate. And you look back. You do a post-mortem. And it was the addiction. If it was so easy to give up, why didn't you just give it up to save your marriage? Because it's your master. So, the. This is why we're talking about addiction. This is why we have to pay attention because it affects things. You can't go in and out. Um, Another reason why it's so tricky to determine is because so often, very, very often, it begins private and hidden, right? Because what is the key marker of addiction is actually your, in which I'll be talking about next week, about your heart and your telos. The, The key marker for addiction is It is fulfilling something in you deep, deep, deep inside. It's your way of handling the big issues in your life. And so on the surface, it might look fine, but it's already latched hold. So it's hard to tell. Um, Please understand that addiction is not just for the weak. Today, as in the past, addiction is affecting the strong, the smart, the rich, and the spiritual even Um, that's why I think I'm going to talk like some of you have heard me talk at length about it but I'm going to try and unpack it as much as I can all right because even as senior pastor of this place and I wasn't always the senior pastor um, a different master in your life is something you always have to watch if you're going to be a follower of Christ because there are good masters and then they're just really crappy ones so, um, oh, sorry. One other thing I wanted to talk about. So, not everything is addiction. Uh, psychologists talk about that move between abuse to dependence, okay? Abuse to dependence. That's a really good... So, abuse means you're just doing this thing a little bit too much. So, you're taking more than you're supposed to do. So, you're, you're just like, uh, uh, let's pick... I don't know, watching videos or whatever it is, right? So you abuse it, you watch it a little bit too much because you, it's been a stressful week or, or a shopping or whatever it is, right? You just, you abuse it. You've gone a little bit more than what is normal, what is needed. It's you're now, you're, you're kind of taking advantage of that whatever thing it is just for some temporary relief, right? Uh, you abuse something too much, so you're abusing... Uh, Um, cigarettes a little bit too much, uh, gambling a little bit too much, you abuse something too much, it leads then into dependence. And then now, it's needed for you to just function normally. That you can't do a regular week without having that candy crush level, without checking Instagram, without whatever gambling, without tobacco, without whatever the thing is. You're now dependent on it. Right, but it began when you were abusing it in the first place. Okay, so, uh, so my first encounter with it, I was 15 years old, right? Um, my first earliest memory of it, I'm sure I was addicted to other things when I was younger, but my first encounter, my real biggest struggle, actually, um, I came over here uh, overseas at 15, as most of you know. I was alone. My parents sent me over here. I did year 11, year 12 in six months, and so I crashed. Uh, course, I had school seven days a week for the HSC. Back then, 95% of my score was one exam. And so it was possible to just gear up for that uh, exam. Okay so it wasn 't a normal school, and it was so exciting. I cannot tell you how many times my parents would tell other parents and other that their, their, their son you know has gone to Australia to year eleven, year 12 in, in, in six months, and he would be hit uni really young. so it was so much excitement around that nobody saw the sadness and the impact it had on me, and I myself really just wanted to um you know, like, no point dragging everybody down, right? You're already there. Uh, you think you can do the, do the job, so you just buckle down. And you buckle down, and you just study and, and get on. So, but for months, so this was um, maybe 1990, so I came over maybe in uh, August, I think, maybe, um, so July, August. Uh, for months, for that whole half of that year, I would cry at night. Uh, but still be able to wake up the next day and just study, right? Seven days a week, like an Asian. So uh, what I did was I, um, I started playing games. It was just my parents were not around. I was staying um, at at a, a student village, and there was a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old uh, guys were my uh, dorm mates, right? And there was really no super, they didn't really care. One guy kept getting, you know, different women over, and the other guy was, anyway, don't worry about him. Um, you know, it was just not a healthy environment, right? And and so they mostly just left me alone. Like, everyone was just doing their own thing, right? Um, so I started playing games, computer games. I, I like to win, um, and it really it helped me to forget my troubles. Besides, you know, I go to school all the time. So when I come back and there's nobody around, just play some games, like Level Up, uh, Street Fighter or whatever else it is, uh, Starcraft, EA, um, you know, It just helped me forget my troubles, but mostly, it helped me think about something other than my hurts. It just was not great being alone in a foreign country, cramming for exams when everybody else is older than you, and they've got two years to do the thing that you're trying to do in six months. And so, at first, everything was okay, Everything was okay. I got really good results. I got enough results to get into Melbourne Uni Commerce Law, all right? And so it was like, oh, that first six months, nailed it, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, this is great because I'll just do my subjects and then play games at night and then eat ice cream for dinner and then, you know, never gain any weight at all and then just repeat it again. And, and, and nobody could even tell, actually, They didn't have these counters that see how long you're online or whatever it is now. Nobody could tell that I was playing a lot, a lot, a lot. Like I would play and the sun would come up. And I'd be like 15, 16, right? I'd be like two hours sleep. That's all anybody really needs. And then just roll into it, right? Um, Nobody, nobody. And I, I know you hear me talk about gaming a lot, but it's because it had this massive effect on my life. So after year 11, year 12's intensive, I actually went to university. I decided, uh, forget comm law. You know, it's easier to just roll into commerce. I heard they have 14 contact hours a week, which is brilliant. There's more time for gaming. Um, and so then I ended up going into my first year of Melbourne Uni commerce, and I barely even showed up at lectures. So even that 14 hours contact a week was probably just one digit. Of the, of the, you know, of hours that I needed. And I went through the whole first semester. I didn't even know where the library was, right? But I knew where Red House was in the city where they had Street Fighter. And oh my goodness, like, if anybody remembers Red House, that was awesome. Okay, anyway. Actually, really dodgy. Don't forget I said that. Okay. Um, but anyway, I skipped, oh my goodness, like I skipped uni I was playing, I was perfecting my uppercut, I was, uh, you know, bass rushes were my thing, and I was just so geeky. I didn't even discover girls. I mean, oh my goodness, it was just games, right? And I was deeply addicted, and I didn't even know it. That's the thing. I didn't even know it. And my first wake-up call was in first semester, first year uni, I get my results, and back in those days, like, I think that's the reason why so many things have changed now, right? Back in those days, you don't know how you're doing until your final exam because it's most of your mark, all right? It's most of your mark. So I get to the end, I get my marks thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to blitz this like every other thing in life, right? I just don't really need to study much. I'll just roll into And I got pass, 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 fail. And my passes, like, in accounting was 51 in law, it was like 50. They were just like, I think three lecturers had pity on me, and one just went, forget this guy. <laughs> and then I, my maths, I fucked maths. He should have been more generous. Okay, anyway, I guess if the answer's wrong. Okay, um, anyway, I ended up, it had such an effect on my life. I can't, I, I know I'm, I'm talking about something that for me... Not many people going through it when I was going through it. But now, so many people are addicted to gaming. And I have seen how it takes that toll. I'm talking about 1990, right? But now, we're in 2017, and I've seen the toll it can take on very brilliant people. And their grades, their life, their social life just goes down. And it's possible to be gripped and addicted by something and it becomes your master. That's why we're taking this series very, very seriously. Because it's not just about gaming. Obviously, it's not just about gaming. Like we've gone through counseling with people from alcohol through to gambling. But what we have seen, even the effects of um, social media affect people's sleep and their relationships at home and everybody's more tense. And it's their addict signs. Um, so I went through this massive shake-up, uh, and you heard me last week talk about my return back to God. Uh, I'm so glad. I, I, if, you've, if you've just come for the first week, you're listening to a person who is eternally grateful that God is a better master than computer games are. You are. You're, 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 you're listening to a guy whose life literally turned around because I switched masters. I switched masters. Um, but here's the honest truth. I was never the same again. Um, that chronic addiction changed me. And now, I don't look at gaming the same way. I don't. Like some of you guys will know, come around Sunday night, I'm in the mood to play some games. Like, but that's only because in my life, gaming is restricted to Sunday night. It's got such tight boundaries. I can list you five rules that I try as hard as I can to live by. But when I was cutting out gaming, I went cold turkey. And very regularly now, I check to see, can we not game? Is it possible to not have a gaming night and I'll still be fine? And actually, it's led to very few gaming nights. (sighs) But, you know, um, but... (laughs) But it's just something that never, my relationship with gaming has never been the same and will never be the same. And I want to put it to you, if something was your previous bad master, you need to have that. Um, I, I don't want to go into the mechanics of it, but so many addiction recovery experts will say that once your cucumber brain is pickled, it cannot be unpickled. That means if you are, if you are, that's the language they use. Yeah, look, I'm serious. Like, cucumber brain is pickled. You can't be. So, so, whatever, if it's alcohol, and it has gripped decades of your life, and you're out of alcohol, you look at a glass of alcohol, you need to look at that different from how Pastor Roland or myself look because it used to be your bad master. And you'll see from drugs through to gambling, I, I worked with one person, he, his counselor had geographic markers, or this is back in the day, right? But geographic markers around TAB outlets so that he could not go anywhere near those locations. Anybody else could. But you, if it was your addiction you have specific rules, and it's not wise for you to say, oh, but everybody else can do it. Oh, what's wrong? Surely all these things are possible. Of course they're all possible. But look, not all things are helpful, and this has been far from helpful, and it has been a master, a bad master in your life. So I was never the same. Um, so today, it's the first in our four-week series series, on addiction, I'm hoping that you'll catch that actually it's something that all of us need to pay attention to closely. Um, we're gonna begin the first one of these um, steps, actually. So today, I'm hoping is a wake up call. Is a wake up call, all right. Um, in fact, they they found for shoppers. I've just been doing so much research on addiction. Right? They found for shoppers, if they, you know, like they, they they get into these shopping. Mania, you know, mania. The husband's like collapsed on the floor already. Right, okay. Anyway, right, and then they, they, they did this research on shoppers, chronic shoppers. And they discovered that if, if, they, are, if they bump into someone or something happens during that um, spree, right, Something, just something, jolts them. Whether they bump into somebody, they, the the psychologist they created sort of random incidents in there. They would stop. It would be a jolt. It would be like a wake up call, and they would go, "Oh, well, I might as well stop now." Or if you're watching Netflix, 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 and something jolts you, that it turns out is one of those great moments for you to begin the exit process. And that's what I'm hoping this series and this Sunday will be. I'm going to get the worship team uh, up, so if they're around. I'm actually really hoping that this Sunday, that you didn't come to church by accident, that you were not invited to church by accident, that some underlying issue begins... To get addressed from this week on. Willingness, so, my third point is willingness is the key. God will not wrestle control of your life out from your hands. All around the world, it has been impossible to help an addict. Who is unwilling to change? All around the world. Now, there have been a lot of addicts that are willing to change and still struggle. So that's why we're going through four weeks on this. But a hundred percent of them have to begin with the willingness to change. Uh, let me let me just read the first three steps. In the Alcoholics Anonymous globally recognized results proven program. But can you imagine a program like that? And it begins with these three steps. I paraphrase it because they're really long winded. But number one, admit that we were powerless. It begins, you have to admit that where you are right now with this particular addiction, you're powerless. If you could stop yourself, you would have done it. For so many of you, this addiction has gone past the point of pleasure. When it hits dependence, you just need it to stay afloat. It's not to give you pleasure. It's to prevent pain. It's to deal with the fear of dealing with life itself. So we must start. Admit that we're powerless. And then that Alcoholics Anonymous guide even goes, a power greater than us is needed. A power greater than us is needed. There must come. And this is secular um, addict recovery through to Christian. In fact, Alcoholics Anonymous was started as a Christian movement. That's how serious Christians are about ridding addictions from lives. Christians take it very seriously because our lives are supposed to serve a good master who has come to give his life and life to the full. And these other masters, not only do they produce different results, they rob us of the very thing that God came to set us free from. So a greater power is needed. And then three, which is what I'm hoping we will do today. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to, I'm going to give you a chance to stand up and begin that process. But that's step three. Make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. That means this week as we begin our addiction series, as we as a, we go as a church, don't think about your your, your grandchildren, your children, your, your spouse, don't. Set your heart. What do you turn to when you're really stressed, you know? Like when you're really... How do you cope with life? Um, how is it going for you? How, how? How is it going for you in your personal life? Can you really stop. And I'm, I'm not talking about just stop for one day. I'm talking about can you really stop completely? Because if I'm describing you and as I've been talking about addiction, as we kick off the series, if the Holy Spirit whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, if the Holy Spirit has been tugging at your heart and saying, this is something you need to deal with, then as we do this song, as um, Dan's going to lead us in the song, uh, I'm hoping we'll all sing together, but I'm going to invite you, and I know it's a little bit of a brave step to stand up, in front of the whole church. Um, I'll be the first to admit that while gaming was my first brush with addiction, it was not my only. I've had to struggle with pornography. I've had to struggle with career and work. I've had to struggle with a range of things. And in, in even as a pastor growing up, I've been seeing good work come out when people confess. We're a church that believes in the effects of sin. We do. You'll hear us talk about sin. But we also believe in the victory that Christ has over sin and the grace that extends us and the the fullness of life of having a good master. And so that needs to begin. For some of you, that needs to begin Um, today the good news is I've cast this net so wide that the person sitting next to you or behind you they don't know what you're standing up for right it could very well be Snapchat streak addiction whatever right but it could also very very well be that thing you know in your heart of hearts That is so dark, and you've wanted to stop for so long, and you can't. You know you can't. And you need a greater power to intervene. And this series, over these next four weeks, we're going to help you as a church even. We've even briefed our home group leaders. One of the reasons why we've done this series now is Quinton, Pastor Quinton has just come back from Chicago and he did master's subjects on counseling, including addiction. He did a a special series on it. Because we are now more than ready as a church to try and help you through this. It is damaging lives. It's wrecking families. And it's resting. I think, more importantly, it, it's turning you away from the good master who wants the best for your life. Um, here's here's, um, here's his last verse, and then I'm going to... We're going to do the song, and then I'm going to open it up for us to stand up. It's not enough for you to stop on your own. You need to substitute in a new master. So Romans 6, 16, which I just read at the beginning. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. And then the verses go on. 17. But thanks, thank you God, that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you're committed and having been set free from sin, now have become slaves to something else, but slaves to righteousness. And I'm speaking in human terms because of natural limitations, but for just as you once presented your members or your your body, I guess, as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness... So now present your members or your body as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Sanctification, in plain English, is being more and more like Christ. That's going to be the invitation today. As we do the song, all eyes are closed. I'm going to switch off these lights. Um, Dan's going to lead us in song. and, And during this time of the song, I want to give you space to work out some issues with God. And then, anytime during the song, stand up. And then at the end, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to open the altar if in particular you want to talk to a pastor or you want to spend some more time with God. But I'm really hoping this is a good bump while you're on your shopping spree. This is a good wake-up jolt. Now is the time to deal with this issue.